0: Good morning, Rock Church. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Hi, guys. It is wonderful to be here with you guys this morning. We're going to sing a few familiar carols that just celebrate our King who has come to this earth. Um, so if you guys want to stand and sing and celebrate with us this morning.
1: Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn King, peace on earth and mercy mine.
0: the Lord. As we celebrate today, I've just been considering and remembering as we celebrate Christmas by sharing the gifts, exchanging, giving, and receiving that God has given us the greatest gift by sending his Son to earth. God coming in the form of man in order to live a perfect life order that we might have the chance to be saved and be reconciled to him to be seen as holy and blameless before him and only only because he sent his son so let's come and sing praises to him
2: Thank you for waking up and coming to church. Merry Christmas, everyone. What a blessing it is to be able to worship the living God, right? You know, if, hey, Donovan. How are you, man? Good. Um, If you study the narrative of uh, Jesus' birth, one of the things that always stood out to me more than anything else, the very first people that worshiped the baby Jesus, were Gentiles. Did you know that? The Magi's. Magi's were not believers. Somehow God draw them from the Persian and Mede empire and came out and worshiped Christ. And today, as you and I worship, we are Gentiles, right? We're not part of the nation of Israel. And it's just amazing how God, before the foundation of the world, had a plan for you and I to be part of his kingdom. If that doesn't lead you to worship, and praise, I don't know what would. So as we continue to worship here in a couple of minutes, after I make a couple of announcements, just want you to remember that. What a privilege it is to be worshiping the living God. You were handpicked by God himself. To be here today and to be with him ultimately eternally. Let's never forget that. Um, just a couple of quick announcements. I want to go back to worship because it's so good. Uh, I don't want to mess that up. I mess things up all the time. So, uh, My name is Michael. I'm one of the associate pastors here. I have the privilege of serving here. If you're here for the first time and visiting us, thank you for being here. Uh, we do have some cards in the, front of, in the pocket in the front of your seat. If you fill that out and meet us at the welcome desk, we'll be happy to... Uh, give you a gift and also get to know you a little bit more. We, uh, just so you know, starting January 8th, we're starting a new series, and I know you all been waiting for this. We're gonna do the book of Revelation. We're gonna tell you when Jesus is coming back, how he's coming, where he's coming from, and who's gonna be with him, not really. But we're gonna study the book of Revelation. We may, because as you know, it's the only book in the Bible that comes with a promise. And what is that promise? Blessed are those who read this book. <laughs> so there's going to be a lot of blessing for us as we study the book of Revelation for the next couple of months. So make sure you be here. Don't miss that. Also, um, our community groups, our small groups start Wednesday night, January 4th. We took a couple of weeks break. So on January 4th, we'll kick this back up again and we'll have meet here on Wednesday night. We have a little dinner together and then go into a different groups. I hope uh, if you need more information about that, we have it out there. I'd be happy to help you with that. And anybody else, any other staff members, I encourage you to come out. It's a great time of uh, getting deeper into the Word of God and studying the Word of God. And then, of course, um, we'll have those classes back up again Sunday, January 8th as well. We do have a, a two or three Bible studies going on uh, on Sunday morning as well. With that said, let us pray and continue to worship our God. Father, we thank you for the privilege of being part of your kingdom. Thank you that uh, you chose us before the foundation of the earth, before you even created us. We were on your mind, Lord. And we're just so grateful for sending your son, Jesus, um, to make that possible. Father, as we continue to pray and worship you, my prayers that would be uh, pleasing and honoring to you. And it is in your holy name we pray. Amen. Thank you.
0: you for being our wonderful counselor, our everlasting father, prince of peace, mighty God, and Emmanuel, God with us. God, we thank you. What other king would leave his throne? God, we thank you and we praise you for what you have done, God, allowing us to be restored and redeemed into relationship with you, God, out of nothing that we have done but only by your power and by your strength, God, are we able to, God, find our salvation, be forgiven. And we thank you for that. And God, we pray as Josh comes now and and brings your message that you would speak through him. God, we pray that you would just continue to help us worship um, through listening to his message and listening to your word, God, and responding as you call us to respond. Thank you, and we give you all the glory. pray this in your name. Amen.
3: Merry Christmas, everyone. It's finally here. All that waiting is over. It's finally here. It's a blessing to be here with you all this morning. Uh, to celebrate God's love for the world through the birth of Jesus. Um, not only that, but we celebrate God's glory revealed through the life of Christ. Emmanuel, God with us, like we just sang. Um, today, because it's Christmas and because a lot of you kids are here, instead of at home, we're ripping into those presents. I want to do something special for the kids. So if you're a child or you're a kid, would you guys want to come join me up in front here for a second? Yeah, come on up. Hey! You guys can take a seat right here. Yeah. A few more stra- Hi. <laughs> so, how many of you guys, I'm curious, how many of you guys already opened your gifts? Some of you did? Yeah? Did you open them this morning? Last night? That? Okay. How many of you are waiting to open your gifts? Anybody opening them after church? You opened a lot. Oh man, that's a blessing. That's awesome. Yeah.
2: We opened some. We opened one this
3: morning and our stocking, and then we do the rest. okay. Okay, so some this morning and some for later. That's awesome. Okay. Well, Christmas is all about presents. No. Oh well, you're a smart kid. Yeah, not those kind of presents, not these kinds of presents, a different kind of presents, right? Oh, there are some presents up here, aren't there? Yeah. Do you kids remember in the Christmas story who received some presents? Yeah, Jesus did. Who brought him those gifts? The wise men did. Yeah, the wise men brought him gifts. Okay. It's true. We don't know exactly. It's probably, but there's three gifts, so we say three of them. You're right. All right, Man, good job. Where's Jerry at? <laughs> okay. All right. So, do you guys remember what those three gifts were, though? Gold. gold. Would you hold this gift for me? Don't open it yet. There's actually not gold in it, because I'm a youth pastor. I can't afford gold. <laughs> okay. All right. okay. And what other gifts was there? Frankincense and Mer- Frankincense? Here, you hold this one for me. Okay. You guys can show them around to the other kids. That's okay. Show them around. Don't open them yet, though, okay? Or at all. So I want to take a look at the story of when Jesus was given those gifts by the wise men, by the magi. So I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 2 for us, so you guys can listen up to story time. Okay. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with the gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Now... Is gold, incense, and myrrh, is that normal gifts that kids re- get? No. no. Maybe you'll get money for Christmas sometimes. Usually your mom's not giving you your bot- the bottle of uh, essential oils, right? That's usually because you don't want to spill those, right? Okay. okay. Right? But what did, what did those gifts mean? I think they meant something really powerful. Have you guys heard that before, what those three gifts meant? What does what the gold represent? Go ahead. Um, kingship. Kingship, right? A gift fit for a king. Right. And so, what that gift tells us, the gold tells us, is that I Jesus is king. It's oh.
2: stuff that you the
3: yeah. Yeah. And frankincense was stuff that the priests used in the temple. And so, the incest, incense tells us that Jesus is our high priest. He is the priest um, for us. And do you guys know what the job of the priests was for the Jews? What was their job? to make the offerings, yeah, and to represent and to tell people about God. Right? Okay. And then myrrh, what was myrrh used for? Funerals. Yeah, myrrh was a funeral spice. Let's oh, hang on to those gifts, guys, be gentle. Okay? Myrrh was used, right, to, for when they would bury somebody. And so that tells us that that Jesus was gonna die at some point, which tells us about his humanity. And so even if the Magi didn't fully understand who Jesus was, there's a picture of the Trinity, of God three in one, just in those gifts at the very beginning of his life, declaring that he is king, that he's also a man. He's God, he's man, and he's also the priest. He's the bridge between God and us. He is the one who's made a way for us to be in relationship with God. That's a pretty powerful message just in that. See, these presents that Jesus received point to the greater meaning of Christmas. They tell us about the nature of Jesus, and they tell us that he was fully God, fully human, and lived among us so that we could have a way to be in relationship with God. God's presence is the true meaning of Christmas and is the greatest gift of all time. Okay? You guys have been really good. Thank you, guys. What do you want to say? Yeah, and that's why we give gifts. So this Christmas, as you guys are opening your gifts, remember, it's not just about the presents and the things that you get, but God's presence here with us. And giving gifts is a great way to show love to people and to remember that Christmas is about the gift that God gave to us himself. Okay. Thank you guys for sitting so good up here. You guys can go back to your families and I'll take those gifts back from you. Thanks, guys. That's my child. Yep, that's my daughter. <laughs> Bye, Jaron. Okay, go on, Brian. <laughs> what a blessing to have so many kids running around this church. Last night at the Christmas Eve service, it was just packed with them. It was so fun. Um, as a church through this Advent season, um, we've been looking closely at 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 4, verses 5 through 6. And looking at that as a story of Christmas. And so before we jump into that, I just want to take a moment to pray as we open God's word and take a look. God, I just thank you for this morning and we thank you for what this day represents. Lord, that you came to this earth to dwell among us, to make a way for us. To not leave us in our sin and the consequences of our rebellion to you, but to make a way for us. Thank you for loving us enough not to just leave us but to come and be with us. So we just thank you. Help us not to forget that. Um, in the name of prayer. Amen. So this Christmas, or this Christmas morning, I get to look at a phrase from 2 Corinthians chapter 4 God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. Uh, we'll start back at verse 4, actually, before I read this. Um, just because I want to, I think the context of that reiterates this point of Jesus as God. And so let's take a look at Second Corinthians chapter 4. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, Let the light shine out of darkness made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Think about that. God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. Was it about his features? (laughs) His nose? His eyes? Did that resemble God? Um, To the early, uh, to, to the Hebrews, one of the things that uh, when they said your face, um, it didn't just mean your physical face, it meant your whole presence. You think about that as you sit down with somebody, if they look you in the eyes, you feel like they're really listening to you, right? If they're looking off in space while you're talking to them, it doesn't feel like you've got their full attention. It doesn't feel like you're being necessarily loved in that experience. Um, but God's glory is, def- uh, is revealed in the face of Christ. So it's about his presence, not just his face. Um, after walking through the book of Mark this year at church, uh, as a church, um, I think one of the things that has stood out to me as we went through it this time was how present God was, or how present Jesus was with people. Um, even if he was in a hurry to get somewhere, even if people think, thought he should have been in a hurry to get somewhere, he stopped and made time to be with the people that interrupted him. <laughs> okay? Think of the time where there's There's someone who's dying. He's going to heal this person. And this woman who's bleeding just wants to touch the bottom of his cloak and move on with her day and not interrupt him. But Jesus stops and calls attention to her and says, I see you, right? Jesus was someone who gave everyone he encountered his presence, his full presence. But it's not just his presence as a person. It's not just his presence as an example for us as humans of how to relate with one another. The presence that Jesus brings is God himself here in the flesh. Sometimes in the Christmas season and leading up to the Christmas season, I can find myself a little frustrated. Anyone ever feel a little grinchy in the the weeks leading up to Christmas? Um, Sometimes as I'm struggling with that, it's because of some of the commercialism of Christmas. All the advertising wants you to buy and buy and buy and there can be this Pressure, like we talked about with the kids, to give these gifts and to kind of outgive yourself. Anyone ever felt that pressure before? Okay. Um, lately, though, I've been noticing a lot of Christmas movies. Um, if you watch movies on, on TV, um, a lot of them are trying to get away from that. And I, I think that's good, right, that we make it not just about the gifts. Um, but I feel like that what they've replaced that with is just the meaning of Christmas is family, and being together. And while I think that's a really important thing about Christmas, it falls short of what the real meaning of Christmas is truly about. That, um, How many Hallmark movies have you seen where somebody who's a workaholic <laughs> goes out and meets someone who loves Christmas, and their, their world is totally changed, and now they're like, oh, I need to be present with my family and present with my kids, and that's like the solution to all these things. I love my family. I've got some of my parents who are finally able to make it through the storm. They spent three, day, three nights in Mitchell uh, with the interstates closed, but they're finally here and my aunt and uncle are able to make it uh, from Leeds. But it's a joy to be with family, and to spend Christmas with family. Um, but if that's where we're looking for our source of joy, like deep joy, not just happiness, but joy, uh, often it can disappoint us. Right? Sometimes we spend Christmas without the ones that we love. We don't get the opportunity to be with them. Sometimes, and maybe it's the first Christmas that you're spending Christmas without someone that you loved because um, we've lost them. Sometimes those relationships with your family are strained. And sometimes there's difficulty within those relationships. Um, or they're broken. And those relationships aren't filling us with joy. But the true meaning of Christmas is that God made himself known, his character his love, his desire to be with us through the life of Jesus, through the face of Jesus, his presence here among us. And as it said in 2 Corinthians 4, he made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. And this is one of the core parts of the gospel. We can't have the gospel without this truth about Jesus, about who he truly is. That Jesus was God Present among humanity. Through the sending of his son, God turned his face towards us instead of looking at, away from our sin and shame. He chose not to leave us in the consequences of our pride and rebellion to him, but to chase us uh, in his love so that we could know and experience him, uh, who he really is, and how he truly feels about us. I've heard some skeptics about Christianity um, over the years. Um, many different people, people online, people in person, um, make this claim that Jesus never claimed to be God. um, That it was just claims made by other people about him afterwards trying to elevate him to some other status and kinda that these things have been made up. Um, To that I just I'm like, okay, let's go look at John 14, because if you look at John 14 you can't ignore what Jesus is truly saying here. And so I want to take a look at John 14 where Jesus is talking to his disciples, encouraging them. Um, John 14 says, Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. See, they didn't fully get this idea of Jesus as God. Jesus is God in the flesh. And so Jesus is trying to clarify it here for them. He says, Don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you for such a long time? His miracles were done so that we could understand what he was claiming about himself was true. He really was. And this isn't an isolated incident. I've been finding it all over the place. Um, You can find it all over the New Testament where Jesus makes these claims. And the people that he was talking to understood those claims. And you could see by their responses to him. Um, One of the other ways that he refers to himself as God in a kind of confusing way for us removed uh, all these years later, is the title he referred to himself the most was Son of Man. Okay. Over 88 times that is used in the New Testament. Um, most of those, all but about three, are used in the Gospels themselves. And it's usually Jesus using it or people bringing up quotes that Jesus had said earlier. Um, okay. He would often call himself the Son of Man. And the Son of Man is a title that kind of portrays a few things to us, okay? Um, First, right at face value, Son of Man is the title of humanity. And just like the gifts, those three gifts, how they represent God, like God, his priesthood, and his humanity, we get that in this title, Son of Man, as well. It's a title of humanity. There are other titles like uh, Son of God that focus primarily on his deity, but, um, And in in the instance of Ezekiel, God actually refers to Ezekiel 93 times as son of man. And in that way, he meant it as just a human being. He's saying, all right, he's a human being. Number two is also a title of humility. John 1 tells us that Jesus was with God at the beginning and left heaven's glory to take on human flesh, born in the most humble of circumstances. Another cha- chapter of the Bible that talks about it is Philippians 2, 6 through 8, where he tells us that despite being in very nature God, he did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but rather made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And much like Philippians 2 declares, where it declares that it was a title of humility, he was a man, the son of man is also a statement of deity. Ezekiel may have been a son of man, but Jesus was the son of man. As such, Jesus is the supreme example of all that God intended mankind to be, the embodiment of truth and grace. In him, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And for this reason, the Son of Man was able to forgive sins. The Son of Man came to save lives, came to rise from the dead, and execute judgment. In John 3.13, as uh, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, he says to him as he's kind of wrapping up this conversation with Nicodemus and talking about what it means to be born again, he says, No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man, He's saying, me, I've been to heaven. I was already there. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. And see, here's why people know, like we can know that what he was claiming was understood by the people around him. When he said Son of Man, the people of that time understood that he was referring to some stuff from the Old Testament in Daniel. And you can see it in the response because this is the thing that ends his trial as they're trying to find something that they can pin him for. Okay, at his trial before the high priest, Jesus said, I say to all of you, from now on you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. This statement immediately ended the trial, and as the court accused the Lord of blasphemy and condemned him to death right at that point, they said, that's enough. You're saying you're God. Uh, that can't be. That's not what we're registering here. And it comes from uh, Daniel 7. So the title "Son of Man" is also a fulfillment of prophecy. So I want to take a look at Daniel 7:13 through 14, where we get this glimpse. Okay. And it's exactly it's pretty much what he's saying here at his trial. Daniel 7:13 through 14 says, "In my vision at night, I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence." He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All peoples, nations, and men of every language worshipped him. The wise men, these men of other nations, of other uh, ends of the earth, came and worshipped him, even as a child. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. This is one that the priests knew, that the people of Israel knew these as they waited for their Messiah to come and they knew and recognized this title Son of Man as not just a title for a special person but as God himself they would have recognized that in these verses see the gifts of the wise been point us to the mystery of the Trinity and the truth of Emmanuel God with us made a way for us to be restored in relationship with the Creator the one the Israelites had waited for so long had come not only to deliver them but to deliver the whole world. Us. Michael talked about that earlier. We're the, we're the Gentiles. We've been invited into this opportunity to be in God's family. In the past, uh, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets and at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact exact representation of his being, sustained all things by his powerful word, and he had provided purification for sins. He sat down at the right hand of the Majesty in heaven. This morning, as I sat down uh, at my kitchen table, um, grabbed a cup of coffee, was trying to open my Bible, trying to read something from God's word that had nothing to do with my <laughs> sermon this morning, and just be with God. And so I was like, I'm just gonna start in Hebrews. These verses that I just read came from the first three verses that I read, and I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm trying not to think about that. Okay? But it's just so cool how God had this plan from the beginning, and he saw it through to fulfillment. Michael mentioned that earlier too, right? Like, God had this plan. It's a good plan, right? It's a great plan. I'm appreciative because I'm not Jewish, and I get to be in God's family now. So today, now that it's Christmas, the waiting for Christmas is now over. It's here. But we're not done waiting for something even bigger uh, than the memory of Jesus' first coming. He's coming again, right? He's coming again. And when he returns, uh, he'll return in his full glory. And whether people have bowed their knee to him or not, all are going to recognize him for who he truly is at that point. I hope that you guys are willing to, And able to say, you know what, God, before that point, I want to put my trust in you. You are good. You are kind. You care for me. And you are who you say you are. So if Jesus, who is who he claims to be, this isn't just claims that other people made about him. These are things that he was declaring and pointing out and saying, hey, I am God here among you. I am the face of God here. So you can see who God is, really and truly is. There's a couple of different ways you can respond to that. Uh, number one, you can ignore him, right? Have you been ignoring him? Have you been resisting his leadership over your life? It's kind of a scary thing to hand the reins over to God and say, all right, what do you want to do through me today? But even if you are, he still came to this earth for you. He still loves you and is calling you. He wants good for you. And in him there is no darkness at all. You can trust him. Okay? He's watching out for you. Or um, are you seeking his face? Like, are you currently trying to find him in your life? Are you trying to seek his presence and say, God, where are you? Right? Um, Over and over in scripture, we see it in Deuteronomy, we see it in Jeremiah. God promises, if you seek my face, I will reveal myself to you. It might not be in your timing but in God's timing, he will reveal himself to you. The God of the universe who made and sustains all things wants to be present with you. That's what Christmas tells us. final response you can have is, have you surrendered your life to his will? And are you joyfully worshiping him, offering all that you are to his plans and purpose while you eagerly await his return? We're looking forward to something in the future, but the work's not done. We're called to have his light inside of us because of what he's going to do through us. The story of Christmas shouts from the rooftops that God loves you. He loved you so much that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world. But people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. As you depart here from here today, festivities with your family, whatever you have planned, how will you respond to God's light to the world? That Jesus came, made a way. Truly was God here, revealing his character and his love for you. Merry Christmas, you guys. we will invite the worship team back up. Um, As they're coming up, I'm just going to take a moment to pray. God, is thank you for this day. And again, we just are so grateful that you sent your son, that you came here yourself to dwell among us and to show us who you truly are and how you truly feel about us. And I pray that everyone here this morning um, would be able to just recognize and acknowledge that as they go through their their day with their family or whatever plans they have. Help us remember that you came, your presence was here, that you revealed your glory through the face of Christ. Thank you, Lord.
0: just a wonderful day and continue praising our King and celebrating his birth.